the Icons of Real Estate podcast. Are you ready to learn the proven money-making secrets from eXp's top producing icon agents? If you are an ambitious eXp agent ready to skyrocket your business, this podcast is for you. Tune in every week with your host, Tomasz Fonseca, and find out how to implement proven strategies to 10 times your eXp business from $3 million to $30 million in just 12 months. Brought to you by the Masters in Real Estate Marketing, Arter SEO. Hello, guys. Welcome to another episode of the EXP Realty mini series powered by the Real Estate Masters Summit. Today, we have Jim Black. He has been a, a licensed realtor since 2004. He personally helped hundreds of clients buying, selling, and investing in real estate. Jim's passionate about his commitment to ensuring each client receives a white glove experience when dealing with one of the biggest procedures of their lives. Jim is the founder of the Jim Black Group, with the sales volume in 2020 totaled more than 67 million, with 227 single sales last year alone. Welcome to the show, Jim. Thank you. I appreciate you inviting me. Yeah, of course. It's a pleasure to have you here. So what if we start with your real estate journey please spare no details okay i'll try I'll, I'll try to keep it long and short at the same time so <laughs> so i said that's how you want it yeah licensed in 2004 i jumped into real estate i did it for about a year and then i jumped out i um, didn't have any discipline i i didn't have any boundaries on my time and i quit i burnt myself out and then i took a five-year hiatus went into financial services i Went back to an old job working and, you know, uh, you know, fixing machines and uh, came back in 2010 where the market was not fun. And it was, you know, a lot of short sales, a lot of foreclosures. Um, I wasn't an instant success. I mean, I started on another team and I, you know, I, I think I sold six houses my first year. That was working 60 or 70 hours a week. And year two, it was like 16. So again, not, I wasn't crushing it. Um, I think one of the big things I did is I just kept moving forward. I kept going ahead and showing up. So I showed up every week, whether I was making a paycheck or not, showed up every week and put the same effort in and slowly started to learn from people. Um, and then 2012 or 2011, I, I went off on my, my own as a solo agent. I had worked, you know, I, I, I was at Keller Williams for, I think, 10 years or so before I made the journey to eXp. But I was there and I and then I started a team in 2013. It was initially AM real estate consultants. I was getting busy. I was on my track to sell 40 homes that year and I needed help. I needed to establish a business. And I, I hired my first admin. I hired my first coach. Um, and that was really the a launching point for me. Um, and you know, slow growth over the years, over the last, you know, say seven, six to seven years. You know, with Keller Williams grew up to, I think 2019, we did, I think it was like 56 million or so, 212 sales. And then, you know, going into 2021, 67 million. And this year, we're tracking more for like 85, 80, 85, 90 million, probably about 260 sales. Um, and it's, it's, been, it's been a journey because I, I didn't know that this business was going to work out for me. Um, and it's been a, it's been a great, a great journey and it's been a great learning experience. I've found real estate to be probably the best place to grow as a person, um, is through, through this real estate journey and all the people that I've met, because 
I'd say a lot of that growth did not come from me having great ideas. It came from me finding people that were smarter than me that had done stuff I hadn't done and just really just saying, hey, can I copy what you're doing and just copy what they're doing? That's R&D, rip off, rip off and duplicate. Best way to do it. Yeah, it seems you got it going good for you. I mean, it's not like uh, you don't need to have like a, a enormous growth to go good in life. And you seem to have a very stable growth and it's going up. So uh, you're saying 87, 2021, you know, 2022, it will certainly be more. So good for you to have that mentality of growth, even if it's uh, just 5% growth, it's always growth. So uh, my first question is that, so you spent 10 years in uh, Keller Williams. Yep. And um, what I want to understand here is what, and so the audience uh, could understand as well is why the change to EXP? I mean, there's, I'd say there's a couple big changes. Um, well, there's a few actually. I mean, I mean one would be, um, you know, for my agents, I mean, I could ex expanding into other locations under really under the same, you know, split that they were at that, because it was, it, it would get expensive if we were to expand in another model and hire an agent in a different market or even just outside our market. Um, we we're able to offer better compensation to the agents. Um, and, you know, a, as a team lead growing a team, um, I mean, the, the revenue share model within EXP has been, you know, pretty substantial compared to what I had previously had. And, um, I mean, this, I mean, if you watch the stock market, you've seen what EXP has done over the last year and a half. So that, you know, that's been a pretty good journey as well. Um, a lot of it was, I just, I just, I saw COVID hit, everybody started working remotely and I just saw the shift. And I think a lot, I mean, the EXP has had a lot of growth, I think, because a lot of people saw the shift from, um, our mindsets, which was, Hey, we all have to be in the office every day, all day. And I'm going to be a drill sergeant about it too. Sometimes we don't have to. So you see, you know, people needing less office space. And what I started to see was, you know, this virtual world is actually where we're going. So I said, you know what, I'm going to jump on this bus. Why don't I jump on it early rather than jump on it later? Because at some point I'm jumping on it. And, uh, and I just, I, I didn't want to make the move in the middle of everything that was going on in the world. And I didn't want to miss the boat. So that was a lot of what I saw. And there wasn't a lot of growth um, in our state at that point. There hasn't, there still hasn't been a huge growth. I think there's still a huge opportunity within Massachusetts because it's it, the model, especially for a, a, a mid-size or large team, it makes the most sense. Like it's very, it's like, to me, it's a no brainer from a financial standpoint, from a, a growth standpoint. Um, also from a, tra I mean, training too. I mean, You know, some people need that face-to-face -face training, but I think the, the, the virtual trainings that we have are way better than any trainings I've experienced at other places. Great. And that seems about enough reasons for you to, to jump ship and, uh, and uh, move to EXP. Yeah. And now, speaking of growth, uh, as an uh, EXP realtor, what's your biggest hurdle to growing your business? Biggest hurdle to grow in my business is me. That's, well, it's it's a it's the truth though. So part of this this move too has been a personal growth journey for me too, and opened my mind to 
bigger opportunities. And we, um, I mean, uh, and uh, when I moved to EXP, one of the opportunities I hadn't even looked at before, I made a connection to EXP and, I, and we opened a mortgage company just a few weeks ago. And so, you know, the biggest barrier is looking at real estate sales is the only place where we can build a business. So for me, what I found is I started opening my mind to, okay, I have this big real estate business. What other ancillary businesses can I tie to this? Like where else can I, you know, help the consumer in another business that ties to this? And, you know, so mortgage was our first dive into that. We also started a coaching business. So we started actually taking action. So I, I'd say the biggest, you said the biggest hurdle, honestly, has been mostly it's been my, my mindset. Um, I mean, I guess from a growth of a team standpoint, um, I don't know that the team members care what company we're with is the truth of it. Like they, they will see the revenue share, they see the stock, but it, they don't notice that as a big deal until they start getting it. And then they go, oh, that is really cool. For the most part, they're, they're coming to us to come be part of the team. Um, you know, I think from a growth outside of our team, um, you know, the, I think the one obstacle of growing outside of the team would be, you know, we don't have local physical office space, which may be an obstacle to some people. Um, it's, again, for us, it's not. So you're, you're creating a... So you're adding a venture, another branch to your to the Jim Black Group. Is that it? Is it uh, is the mortgage will be a part of the Jim Black Group? So so it's a set. Yeah, it's a separate company, JBG Mortgage, that mm -hmm. it's established that we you know can can serve. It's a brokerage that can service our our clients. It can service outside of that as well. But it's more more to have um, you know people you know us to be able to have something somewhat in our control when it comes to mortgage because mortgage is never in any control at all yeah to get that a seamless experience with the with the with the clients and the customers yeah because they because they've had the experience that they've had with us and then if it's disjointed when they go to the mortgage team or they go to the attorneys or they go to insurance we, we want to be able to you know either have a partner or if not we create our own company where that that person can go there and have the same experience that they had So it looks good on us and looks good on them. Yeah, that's great way of thinking. If you want to do, if you have something done right, do it yourself, right? Everyone knows that saying. <laughs> so uh, if your team is, is not delivering or even if the customer experience is inconsistent, um, it might be a time to look at team culture. And, and Jim then, he told me that he wanted to talk about uh, team culture here with us. So can we start with the with, uh, Why is culture important? So my opinion is culture is everything. I've learned that over the years, um, a lot of times on teams, we try to hire people just because they're talented um, or just because they have a track record of success in this business. And I think you have to protect that culture to the point where you don't let anybody in this world into your business until you know that they're going to be part of that. So like we are, that's why we always do a group interview with as many people as possible. And if one of our team members says, Hey, this person isn't a fit, they're out. Because is, if one person says that, then they're not going to be the only one. So building a, a plate, it's, it's tough because it's kind of fluffy, but a place where you, where I, as, as the owner of the business, I want to show up here. 
Like I want to go to work. I want to see these people. That's a, you know, that's really, really important to me. And the people that I work with on my team, they want to show up to work. It's like family and, and they, they want to be around those people outside of work. I, I'm not going to hire someone I don't want to have at my house on the weekend. I just, I, I, it doesn't make sense. We're going to spend 40, 50, 60 hours with these people a week. We got to like them. Yeah, that makes perfect sense. So what are uh, the values that uh, you cement to your team culture at uh, JBG? So I'm going to talk so the, from a value standpoint, um, one thing that we, I think we really push home is just never sacrificing a relationship for a commission. So there's going to be times where we don't get a paycheck and it was the right thing to do. So that's, we need some people that are willing to do that. Um, and then I'm going to go into characteristics of the person that would be a fit. And um, this comes from the book, uh, I think it's Patrick I can't say his last name, but it, the ideal team player where um, he talks about people that are hungry, humble, and smart. And if somebody's missing any of those, they're probably not going to be a good fit because if they come into our environment and they're not hungry and they're not willing to put the work in, they're not going to last. And not because we're kicking them out the door as much as they just are going to get really uncomfortable. And if somebody has a really big ego and they've already arrived And they've, which means they've had as much success as they will ever have. It's going to be poison to the environment because our high producing people are the most humble people you meet. And then smart, they have to have some ability to communicate with people and read social cues. They got to be able to know when to shut up. They know when to speak, you know, and, and, and a lot of people that that can be a very hard one. And again, that will, it will not fit in the culture. So if they don't have those three characteristics um, and we've got better over the years at really making sure of that, because a lot of times we hire out of um, necessity rather than desire. And we hire people because we have to, and it's never the time to hire. Yeah. Not the being, being desperate, I mean. Mm -hmm. So uh, for someone out there listening and that's okay. So I, I have a company have um, a group and I wanted to start developing a team culture. So how is the process of creating it? Obviously you had your haha moment and I need, okay, I need to focus on team culture. Like how did you start uh, creating this in your, in your business? Well, I think the first thing is you have to figure out what the culture is. So I think there's a couple of ways. It depends on where the team is at. I mean, if you've got a divided culture, where you've got a group of uh, maybe a handful of leaders that are believe in one way and then a bunch of other team members going the other way, you might want to sit down with that handful of people and develop those cultural standards and then bring it back to the team and the people that don't fit are going to not stay. Or, I mean, if you have a group where everybody is fitting, but you just don't know what it is, is, um, It's just actually doing maybe like a brainstorming session and asking people like, when you think of like, like for one, why, what excites you about coming here every day? And what, um, if we were to talk about the culture, what would you consider? And basically take everybody's ideas. And I think that's a cultural piece that people miss. A lot of times we really create a business and we become a dictator and 
that never works because I know for me, I don't have all the answers, probably not even, not even close to half of them. But I have other people that are skilled in different areas that I'm not. And having them be able to give input, not everybody giving input on everything, but allowing others to have ownership and give input on um, you know, decisions in, in the business and be willing to be wrong. A key in our business was when my director of operations came to me, sat me down and said, we're doing everything wrong. And when she did that, I had a couple ways I could have gone. I could have said, hey, like you're fired. Um, <laughs> she thought might be an outcome or I could have done what I did, which was said, I acknowledge the fact that, you know what? You're right. Now, what do we do? So I, I was humble enough to say I'm wrong. And I helped empower someone who has now been with me for eight years in this business because I empowered her to, okay, well, there is a problem now. How do we fix it? So I, I didn't say I'll go fix it or you go fix it. I said, let's fix this together. Great. It looks like you decide what, uh, what culture you want to have in your business. And then every decision you make is going to build that culture. And if you go against it, you will disrupt the culture. So always be uh, mind aware of what you're doing and what Jin did here about being humble uh, with someone, I guess, uh, beneath them, if you can say this, uh, it was the right choice, right? Yeah, good. Well, because they had that person rise up because they, at that point, they might have in the organization felt beneath me, but then at that table, we became on the level playing field. And the other thing is as, as a, a business owner, like to not be sitting at that board of directors table by yourself is really cool. Like to actually have other people sitting there, other decision makers at that table, it makes it a lot less pressure on you and you're going to get some better ideas. Nice. And uh, I have a set of questions that you will be really good also to ask your team to understand where they at with your theme culture. But I guess I'm asking you now. Yep. Um, so the first one would be, what makes you proud to work at this company? I think it's just watching the growth that I see in the people, both personally and professionally over the years. It's almost like a, you know, that proud dad moment, like where, you know, your kid hits a home run or something on baseball. Like it's, it's just being, seeing that it's created a, a little bit of a life of its own and the people in it protect the culture probably more than I do. Nice. And uh, what are um, some of the ways that um, the company celebrates success? So I'm not great at six, celebrating success myself, but something I, I, I try to put out there periodically is just even just, just a little, sometimes it's a little things actually. It's not, so sometimes it's like that post on Facebook, like, hey, so-and-so just mm -hmm. is awesome. It could be because they sold so many houses, but it could be just they're awesome in general. Um, sometimes a celebration can be as simple as like somebody's doing a great job and you just say, you know, great job. You, you give them like, something small as like a gift to say, you know, you're, you're awesome. So it's, I think it's those little things. A lot of times you get so focused on like, you know, this big celebration and we forget to say like that, that, you know, that, that, the fact that you got that thing to the finish line and the, the buyer was so happy. I'm, I'm, I'm proud of you. Like that, those are the, that's how you really impact people. Yeah. Sometimes it's just a little word that can impact in the motivation of your team. 
and that little word can give you more sales. So it, it all depends on that. And I guess the, uh, the next one would be, what's one thing you could change about the company if you could? <laughs> so I think one thing, and this is again, me being restrictive is I would grow it a little bit faster to create more opportunity for the people in it. Um, it's a conversation I had as recent as today where um, I have a tendency to not want to fail, um, which sometimes can put that, that can put a barrier for other people's growth because most of the failures at this point are going to be little in nature anyway. And, you know, if, if we don't continue to, you know, you're either growing or dying sometimes in these businesses. And if we're, if we're not growing for, to make sure everybody in our world gets a world that's big enough for them, then we're not really delivering on what we promised. And how, how you get, of course, your personal development, you, you hired a coach. Uh, does your organization support any professional development or career growth in that sense? Yeah, I mean, we have um, different, different positions, different stages people actually have. We actually provide coaches for. Um, I mean, I, I meet with pe people on my team every couple of weeks and going through, you know, their their personal goals and help to guide them, you know, you know, with their financial wealth or, or really just about anything out there. Um, we do, we do have several other coaching programs that like group coaching that we actually pay for, for our, our admin staff. Um, Cause a lot of times they get forgotten. They're like, Oh, you just go do this paperwork or do this. I mean, there's some of the most incredible people. And, and if, and if you're not developing your people, they're, they're not going to stay there or they're not going to grow and do the job that you're expecting them to do. That's great. It, seem, it seems like if anyone is listening to this and he wants to join uh, Jim Black Group, you know, they're getting the, the full picture. <laughs> so thanks, thanks for, for sharing that. Mm -hmm. And now, if, if we can get a sense a bit of your future. So where uh, do you want to go from here? What are your long-term goals? So, I mean, right now, so I'm going to go with a little bit of the why around the long-term goal. I mean, the goal is to, and the why of the business is to create wealth mentally, physically, and, and financially for all the people in our world. So that's the, the basics of it. But from a growth standpoint, to get to that point, we're actually going to have to do some pretty substantial growing over the next 12 to 24 months. So the business itself is going to really have to grow probably about 25 to 30% over the next 12 months and another probably 15 to 20% over the next 12 months there to get really to where we need to be to create the jobs and opportunities for the people in, in our world to have what they need. Yes. And in a, in a sense of way of helping you reach that um, development is a question now that we ask to every guest is in what areas do you feel you need to improve and uh, what are you doing about it? For, for, I guess for me personally on a grow, growing as a team is, um, is, is really just building relationships with people to grow our team. Um, so that's really where I think our, our you know, because if we, we have very high producing agents, so we have, you know, this year we'll close 260 deals with, was it five agents? So it's gonna, you know, so we lose an agent, that's a big deal. 
So right now we're we're in a spot where if we were to lose one agent, it would be a big it would be a big deal. So really growing that's a weak point that we have right now, and we really need to be a little more aggressively hiring um, this year. And and we don't hire twelve people and see who who sticks. We're going to hire find the right person. We're going to hire them. We're going to develop them, and we're going to do everything we can to make sure we have a plan that keeps them. Nice. And I hope I hope you do find the right people, Jim. And uh, tell us, how can our audience reach you? Um, you can you can email me. It's very simple, Jim at jimblackgroup.com. And you can you know you can text or call me. My cell is seven seven four two eight zero zero three five three. Okay. Thanks a lot. Thanks, Jimmy, for uh, for coming here. It was a pleasure. Thanks for letting us know a bit more about your team culture. And uh, I'm sure if anyone uh, is listening to this, they will be uh, interested in, in working for you. But I guess you got to be hungry, humble, and, oh, I forgot the other one. Smart. And smart. See, that was not so smart. <laughs> I'm, missing, I'm missing that part. I'm hungry and humble, but I'm not so smart. <laughs> okay, thanks, Jim. Bye. Yeah, I appreciate it. You have a great day.